Thank you for joining us. This is Season 1, Episode 8 of In the Basement at Midnight. I'm Ouija B, and joining me is Nita B. Today we're talking about local myths, stories, and legends, such as the larger legend of La Llorona, our local Los Alamos legend, the Wahi Monster, and Peggy Sue Bridge. <laughs> but yeah, growing up Catholic, I mean, it was all very um, fear-based. You know, it was it was based on fear. It was, but you know that goes into other things too. Um, even Native American culture, I, I think of. I don't know if this is the proper time of year that I can even say the yays, the yebaches. Um, I don't know what that is. Okay, the yebache is a ceremony that um, I was actually fortunate enough to get invited to. I guess did you go? Most uh, Bahanas like me don't get to go. Um, but no, I they canceled it. They oh, canceled no. it, so I didn't have the opportunity. But I was given strict instruction to not look at... So it, they are these like kind of Kachina characters that dance. And um, they will get in your face, and especially somebody like me, you know, very pale, blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, they would get in my face, and I'm not to look anybody in the eye. I will probably get whipped with, you know, like yucca fronds and stuff like okay. that. And, um, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was kind of terrified. I mean, they set me up. They told me, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And really, I mean, it's scaring the kids. Oh, that's what it, it's, it's about, right? Keeping them, I don't know if that's exactly <clears throat> what the yays are about. But, I mean, that that was kind of one of the goals was to keep them in line. And then there's Krumpus. Yeah, I remember hearing about I That wasn't my culture. It, no, was it no, your it was culture either? German. Oh, is it German? No, okay. actually, I, I was not. Uh, Krumpus was not, you know, in my culture either. My culture was very, you know, whitewashed, and <laughs> there wasn't anything You cool didn't get scary it. stories to keep you from not... doing bad things like, like La Llorona. La Llorona. La Llorona, no. Which is, nope. <clears throat> my parents never told me that story, but I, I remember people I work with tell me that they were brought up with it. They were, but it's mostly to keep you from hanging out in the Arroyo. So you don't get washed away. Right. But. Or the crackheads can't, can't get you. <laughs> well, now. <laughs> <laughs> but in the back in the day, you know, you could die during a rainstorm if you're hanging, right. playing in the Arroyos. And they, um, so a lot of kids grew up hearing that my, my aunt, well, my family used to, call it the Coco Man. Coco Man? The Coco Man. If you were, if you didn't behave, the Coco Man would get you. Huh. And he lived in the dark closet. <laughs> Not just any closet. <laughs> it was dark. <laughs> and I was terrifying. The Coco Man. Well, that's, it's conjuring up some pretty creepy imagery for me, the Coco Man. Like, why? Why Coco Man? I don't know. Like, as far And I've as- never heard of anybody else hearing that. I don't know if it's just a family thing. So I should ask her. So, What's the Coco Man, Aunt Helen? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear the background on that, the origin on that. Are you afraid of the uh, liquor store down in the valley? <laughs> Coco Man's. Coco Man's. <laughs> Spirits and liquors. <laughs> They advertise it. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I wanted to tell you about this. Have you heard of the Wahi monster in Los Alamos? I've just heard little snippets. I'd never heard of it prior to coming up here and, I mean, prior so, to us asking. Here's the funny thing about that monster. <clears throat> Back, you know, in the 80s when I worked at the bookstore, the guy I worked for at the time, he... um because I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. and he told me he grew up in Los Alamos, 
And in the 50s, um, he and his buddies used to hang out in the woods. And the cemetery area is called Wahi Pines. And he said, yeah, we created this monster named Wahi Monster because we wanted to see how far that that, um, legend would go. And so all these years, I remember hearing um, that uh, there was a Wahi monster. And I kept telling people, no, that's not a real story. You know? But people oh. insist. They even insist they saw it. And here in Los Alamos, somebody said that they there was a Bigfoot group of people who came, yes. investigators. They came looking for the Wahi monster. Oh, they came for the Wahi monster, yeah. too. Oh, I didn't realize. They videotaped it, and I don't know what came of it, but... Um, I want to know what it looked like. Nobody has any description of what it looked like and what it did. But one guy, when I went to the Los Alamos Bulletin Board on Facebook, I, I said, does anybody know about the Wahi Monster? And he said, well, the, um, this is a guy named John. He said, the legend of the Wahi Monster started after a full head rubber mask of the Phantom of the Opera was stolen during an all-day event at the Center Theater in the Community Center in 1965 or 1966. There was a hypnotist, a band from Albuquerque called The Morticians, other stuff in an evening feature called The Vampire and the Ballerina. During the feature that evening, several more people dressed in full costumes stalked the theater as part of the event. One was a fan of the opera. Girls were running and screaming and carrying on. It was a complete mayhem. (laughs) The mask was stolen and the hair was ripped off to a somewhat changed grotesque appearance rendering it even more grotesque than it actually was a group of high school students afterwards stalked and scared parkers on the lover's lane across wahi canyon that's brilliant (laughs) sparking reports of a hideous creature that was quite tall upon investigation large footprints were found in the area bigfoot (laughs) made by fake footprints made out of wood or some other material the mask was later returned to either the theater my dad who was the assistant manager at the time. My older brother, who worked there and was in the high school at the time, the mask came to Oklahoma with us in 1968 and disappeared. (laughs) I used it once to scare trick-or-treaters at Halloween. To this day, I'm not sure who stole it or who the group of pranksters were that orchestrated the hoax. But as a kid, it was a big deal, especially during summer's night. So that's the story, I think, of the origin of the Wahoo Monster. But other people are like, no, no, it's real. I've seen it. Interesting. But nobody can tell me what it looks like. Right, yeah. That I was hoping someone would come through and say, it kind of looked like the fan of the opera <laughs> or something. You know, so you can say, ha. <laughs> there it is. I love that story. And, you know, I said, <laughs> you know, there. Are, I know some people who said that they perpetrated this to, to make um, other people scared. And right. they wanted to see how far the prank would go. And he goes... Well, that's about right. (laughs) (laughs) And look at us talking about it 50 years later. Oh, isn't that funny? That's awesome, actually. Wow, man. I wish I could, like, you know. Perpetrate a hoax? (laughs) I was just going to say perpetrate a legend, but okay. Okay. (laughs) Hoax, legend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I heard, too, that um, that's how Bigfoot started. It was some guy, like, up in British Columbia area or something who... I've heard that. And upon his deathbed, he admitted to creating 
you know, the uh, Sasquatch or whatever. What I don't remember oh, the terminology. Really? Up there, Sasquatch or Yeti. It depends on where you're at. Different right. parts of the world it has right. different names. But I know people who have claimed to see it, my mother being one of them. Really? Yeah. So I don't know what she would have seen, especially in the woods of northern Ohio. But uh, I mean, it wasn't a gorilla. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Your mom said she saw it? She did, yeah. Wow. She said she was in a car with um, two other people, and she was the third wheel, and they were making out, and she was just sitting in the seat like, are you done yet? <laughs> and um, she said that she watched this like tall, fully hairy being just walk right across the street in front of her and she was trying to get their attention and they didn't even witness it because they were, they were necking in the back seat. <laughs> and so there are no other witnesses to it evidently. And, but it freaked her out and she talked about it that many years later, always told me that story and that scared me as a kid. Oh yeah. I thought that was fascinating. That is fascinating. I've never met somebody who really saw one. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't met anybody yet, but <laughs> yet <laughs> one degree of separation. That's, right. that's really close. <laughs> Mostly it's a friend of a friend. Yeah, right, right. You've heard those stories too, right? Of course, yes. So there's another story in Los Alamos about Peggy Sue Bridge. I've heard you've all heard about, of, yeah, but you, I've never been to it. I don't so know what's the ghost is. story that you've heard? Actually, I don't even know the ghost story. I've heard of Peggy Sue Bridge, like the bridge itself is legend. You know, it's like um, it was supposed to be the place where daredevils would go and hang out after they drank way too much, and they're really lucky to be alive and telling that story to this day. So that's all I know of Peggy Sue Bridge. So really what it is, it wasn't meant to be a bridge. It was put across by the utilities department. It's a pipeline. And I think oh. it was a gas pipeline. And they covered it so that people wouldn't mess with the pipeline. And they figured out people were walking on it, so they put it like a handrail on the sides. Okay. And that it didn't stop people from climbing it and doing daredevil things. But right. the story that... You know, I've heard that there's a girl. The reason it's called Peggy Sue is because a girl was pining over a boy and she jumped off. Okay. And then you can people have sworn that they've seen her ghost wandering the canyon below. I mean, it's really high up. It's over Pueblo Canyon, which is yeah. I'm looking at the picture and it looks pretty high. Oh, Pueblo Canyon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's pretty high. Yeah, it is. But um, so then there's a book called Los Alamos Place Names. Uh-huh. It's by um, Craig Martin. Oh yeah. Do you know Craig? Yeah. He um, he collected different versions of the origin of the the story, and I think that the one that I think is true is that there was a guy, there was a water tower, and I think it's gone in this picture, but on one side of it was a water tower, and he had a crush on a girl named Peggy Sue, and he wanted to get her attention, so he wrote her name on the water tower and had her friend bring her over to see you know, Aww. how much he loved her. <laughs> and, you know, this, the story ends where she didn't, you know, reciprocate. <laughs> oh, dear. And then, um, so the guy, like, years later, he moved away from the Salmos, and then he remembers, like, maybe 40, 50 years later, people telling him the story about Peggy Sue Bridge. He goes, oh, wait, wow. I... I think I know why it's called that. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so cool. Can you imagine hearing that that many years later? Yeah. That you started that legend? 
I mean, people probably just like, oh, I wonder why that somebody wrote their name there. It's a memorial. I mean, I've heard that. It's a memorial to the girl who jumped off. Jumped off. Right. That's what I had heard, too. So so the, the bridge is gone. The water tower is gone. Yeah. But the legend lives on. <laughs> <laughs> the legend will always live, live on. on. <laughs> now, one of the things I heard, and maybe you can attest to whether it's true, is that the Dwayne Smith Auditorium... Um, there is a spiral staircase that um, is backstage, and it, le- it it goes up to, like, it's not quite a second floor. It's sort of like a catwalk, like yeah. where the lighting is. And I guess somebody fell off of that and fell to their death. And I've heard that story over and over again, and several people tell the story of how they have gone up the catwalk and they feel somebody grabbing them or trying to push them off the top of the stair the staircase yeah have you heard that too um i can't recall if i heard that i'm trying to remember so i investigated Dwayne smith mm-hmm. and i remember being around the stairs did i go up them i want to say i should have but i don't remember so. and so i asked that bulletin board you know did anybody have any stories about Dwayne Smith, and they just said, well, it's haunted. <laughs> oh, wow. Easy. <laughs> because somebody fell to their death when, in the catwalk. You know, I, I guess the lighting that's yeah. always really high up in theaters, that they were working a play or something. And nobody's able to corroborate if that was true or not. Huh. But <clears throat> here's a story that, so in Los Alamos, high school used to have a swimming pool. Oh, Back in the day. Wow. And I don't know why, but they filled it in and it's full of concrete. It's a gym now. It's a basketball room. Oh, they have. a basketball room. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> yeah, a basketball room. But <laughs> Is that the gym? It used to be a... Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah, it used to be a swimming pool. Hmm. And so a lot of people have a lot of stories about feeling really icky down in the locker room because it's like down you have to go down a stairway and it's kind of dark there's no windows lots of lockers it smells like swimming pool which ick i don't like the smell of swimming pool but lots of people have seen stuff and seen ghosts and it turns out there really is um somebody who died there 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 was somebody had an article from the monitor back in the 70s i think it was Oh, wow. They like drowned in the pool? <clears throat> yeah. And they don't, the, it was a mysterious death because the guy was found in the morning. Like, like where did he come from? Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he was floating in the pool. And Did they say whether it was a student of the high yeah, school? Yeah, it was a student of the high school. <gasps> Weird. Oh, my gosh. So, I don't know. Maybe that's the story of the whole high, the whole high school being haunted. Who knows? Because oh, wow. that's where you what you you should do is look for corroboration, you right? Know, right. Something that's real. But I don't know about that um, girl falling to her death in yeah. the theater. I want to know if that's real. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you had any insight. No, and it wasn't even in the um, you know the people who had stories about. Los Alamos being haunted, they were like, "Oh yeah, it's really there's the tunnels are haunted." It's like, yeah. "Well, who can get in the tunnels these I know. days?" Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how safe they are either. They're not right because they're they're starting to fill them in in different places, right? Like with rocks and so I don't know how stable it is. And some of them are actually like knocked some of the walls down and to keep people from going, right? Because they go all the way across the bridge. 
That's so cool. Now, I, I think we should have utilized that as like a haunted Los Alamos tour kind of thing. Yeah. You know, instead of breaking it down, they should have, you know, uh, kind of set it up and made it more structurally sound so that people could go through. And Well, you know, across the bridge. It's... Oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> okay. That's, that's you have lab to have property. a Right. <laughs> if you have a cue clearance, we'll let you bring. Well, then they'll stop it at that point. <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard of anybody dying down there, so I don't know why they would be considered haunted. Well, other it's than it's scary and dark, creepy tunnel underground. I yeah, mean. tunnels are creepy. I've also heard that um, there is a, the tunnels down under here go all the way to Dulce, New Mexico, which is up that's right north. I, I don't even know where Dulce is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I think we mentioned this once upon a time. Um, but then you said something about Dulce. There's a road yeah, yeah. that goes underneath, you know, the bridge, the big Omega Bridge that's named Dulce. So I'm thinking maybe there was a little miscommunication <laughs> there. <laughs> but I've read a lot of stories about lizard creature, lizard people. Oh, isn't Elon Musk supposed to be one? Yeah. Oh, is he really? <laughs> I was kidding because I saw it on a meme, but okay. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't a meme. <laughs> no, the, well, the, the people, lizard people, conspiracy theorists all believe that the, the people in power are actually lizard people. And they, they know how to morph into looking human. You know, it's I can, it's funny because I can see there's something to that. I question people's motives. I question people's morals. And you can look at people. I actually had a friend when I first moved to Albuquerque. Her name was Lynn. She was a fascinating character. I mean, like, we bonded instantly because she had drums in her living room and was dating an Elvis impersonator. And, <laughs> I mean, she was just kooky anyway she was just great people but um this elvis impersonator that she was dating she used to tell me that she thought he was a lizard or or a devil or something and i'm thinking i don't know what i'm thinking at this point because she's telling me in seriousness something happened we were driving and every street light goes out you know and she said every time they drove the street lights would just like blast out on top of their car and she said it was a regular occurrence. And she said there was one time where he just looked over at her and she swore that his she swore that his mouth stretched out and that his eyes took on this weird, like heavy lidded, very reptilian appearance. And I thought she was just kooky. I'm sitting there going, I love you, Lynn. You're just wacky. <laughs> do you still talk to her? No, it's I haven't talked too... to her in a long time. So do you think that she was Using some sort of mind-altering? I doubt it with her. Oh, okay. I doubt it. There's some people that you just know. Right. Because they're... Right. I, I don't know what kind of things she got herself involved in. And, and I was just thinking, this guy's really weird. And, and maybe he did slip her some kind of drug. I have no idea. I didn't know this guy. But, um, I mean, is he trustworthy? He's an Elvis impersonator in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wow. But I, yeah, and I didn't know anything about lizard people, and she never made any mention of it. But I remember you and I had talked a little bit about lizard people, and that story just kind of stood out that she thought he was part reptile. Wow. Right? So, again, I've never heard anybody personally. Now, I one degree of separation. Once <laughs> again, how crazy is that? And here, I'm, here I am giving you my friend of a friend story. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it, she's your friend. It's yeah, not a friend of yeah. our friend. Well, it was the Elvis impersonator oh, dating that's my true. friend. <laughs> so. But she witnessed it. But she yeah. Saw it. So that, that was new to me too. I had never heard of lizard people prior to our conversation. And and yeah, I, all I can remember is this weird story about the street lights and his mouth stretching. Wow. Yeah. So I tried to reach out to her, get in touch with her. It's been 20 years. So she's doing her thing. I don't know where she's at. I just hope she's well. That the lizard man didn't get her. Uh, no, I think they broke up shortly oh, afterward. Good. Yeah, it probably freaked her out. You would freak me out. Yeah. If you really saw that. Right. But yeah, supposedly the lizard people are in power. They're the Illuminati. You've oh. heard of the Illuminati, right? I've read the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, I don't know much about the Illuminati, but yes, I, I, I'm familiar. So you know, that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> you read it too. I read it too. <laughs> I'm not. I've never believed in any of that, so it's really hard to. I know. It seems. To, it's so funny because it seems so far fetched, but then it comes around, and you're like, it's really not that far. You know, it's like you stretch it out into this big circle, and next thing you know, it's like reality and and fantasy are like right next to each other and interested in reading more on the Illuminati. I don't know anything about it. I'm sorry. I mean, I, <laughs> I've read a lot, but it doesn't stick Yeah, because it's not that interesting to me because I think that can't be real. And, and I think about, um, you know, Freemasons too. And yeah, how so, my grandpa was a Freemason. Oh, was he? And yeah. Actually, he was the reason I took any kind of interest in the occult. So what do you know about the Freemasons? I know nothing. nothing. No, I know that they zip their lips and that's that. Yeah. So, yeah, they really don't talk. Um, and so I, I really don't know anything about Freemasons. So we can't even speculate. But when my grandfather died and knowing he was a Freemason, you know, we found all the little Freemason symbols, the rings and pins and whatnot. But um, he also had books on witchcraft and Aleister Crowley. And, um, I, I mean, and the paranormal and, you know, psychic abilities and, oh my gosh, delving into that weird blue room of his and just book after book. I just, I wish I could, I don't know, tell you how I feel. I feel like the color of that room, you know, it's just that weird kind of dark royal blue and all of that. It's more of a feeling. It's. Yeah, it, it like came to life, and I took this serious interest in it. And my parents think Marilyn Manson corrupted me when really it was my deceased <laughs> my grandpa. Freemason grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that was my interest in the occult was because of him. So, and I wish that, I, you know, I say I wish I could have asked him, but he wouldn't have told me anyway. No, he wouldn't have. Nope. I know. I know some people who are Freemasons, and they don't talk about it. Right. So now it's not as interesting as people think it is. Then, you know, prove it. <laughs> like, Tell don't us. you want to just shake them, like <laughs> grab them by the neck and be like, yeah, test me. <laughs> Tell me more about it. Gosh. it's That makes me think of the penitentes, too. My grandpa was a penitente. Really? My dad's father in Colorado, in southern Colorado. And so basically what I found out about penitentes is that they are because there were, were no priests mm -hmm. in this, these villages that were very remote, um, they created these moradas, which are just like a brotherhood of people who get together and worship. 
And the buildings are always shaped like a cross. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. And the penitente part is that they would whip themselves with, right? you know, usually palm leaves or... Yeah. Um, I don't know if they actually made themselves bleed. That's pretty Hollywood. Oh, is it? I think it is. Okay, because I had this elaborate, like, I can see them crawling on their knees and... Well, they do that. <laughs> okay, and bloody knees yeah. and whipping themselves into their bleeding and... So my mom used to tell me that she she would go to church every morning because uh, her mom made her. And um, on certain holy days, they had to start at the end of the, the um, aisle to go to the front, you know, where the the crosses you on your knees. Okay. You had to walk down the, the aisle on your knees so you could get up and genuflect in front of Christ and then go sit down and have church. Wow. Okay. So it was the extent of it then. So that that's just an ordinary person. It's not a penitente. That's just Oh that's showing your Oh wow. My mom was not a penitente. She was just her family is very religious. So the other thing that when my grandfather passed away, we found a book of prayers and it's just a book of prayers. And it was, you know, like our father, um, Catholic prayers, Catholic prayers. Yeah. Okay. They're all in Spanish. And so we was like, Oh, this is a mystery. And no, they were all Catholic prayers <laughs> <laughs> in Spanish. <laughs> so I made a copy for everybody in our family because we, you know, everybody wanted one because it would, Grandpa was so devoted when he was young. Um, but here's the thing about the penitentes. It, the people who practiced it were often ostracized by the Catholic Church because they didn't have a priest going over, oh. helping them with their, their rituals. You know, the, they, did it, they did it themselves. Okay. Yeah, but they had no choice, really. Right. I feel like they shouldn't have been condemned for that so here's an amazing story i just remembered oh, this i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> so my um co-worker there's there's these little chapels down in espanola and he says it's been there forever and he he wanted me to go with him i think it was yeah it was it was the the night before easter it's a good friday that's what it is okay. right uh, Friday sure. night. I, I only was like growing up Catholic. I don't know. <laughs> Should have paid attention. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> so I wish I knew the Spanish term for it. This is being so unprepared, but it um, there's this ritual that these people do. They reenact the Passion in the church. So with the, you go in there and you lock the doors, and then um, they read the story of you know. Christ's last few hours, yeah, which is really dramatic. Yeah, and then they turn the lights out, and then supposedly the devil or some demon comes in and rattles all the windows and all the doors, and you have to be very strong and not get be afraid. Oh my goodness! I know. Doesn't it sound terrifying? Well, it sounds like so. Stations of the Cross, yeah, I think is what you're talking about, right? And I mean, I remember going through all of the stations, but man, I probably would have followed Catholicism a lot farther if there was a devil <laughs> rattling the windows. <laughs> I mean, like, how freaky is that? <laughs> and then at the you know the end of the ser- services that you know Christ prevails and that right. So Interesting. it's it's 
part of the passion play, but only a few churches do that. And it's a really old fashioned thing to do. Um, my coworker said he really wanted to do it last year. And he was like, you should come with me. You should come with me. My wife doesn't want to go. She's too afraid. Oh my goodness. <laughs> She's afraid that she'll get scared and you can't get scared. They won't let you out. You know, you're, you're in there and the lights are out and the, the windows are rattling. So I'm sure that they have a bunch of people running around trying to scare the people in the church, right? Yeah. Gosh, that's that's. Did really, you know that kind of stuff still went on? It does. no, it does seem really antiquated, and I can see why it's becoming less and less popular. I mean, somebody's gonna like get hurt, sue, or, yeah. or something, you know, because it was too scary, or or whatever the case was. And that, that's really interesting. I can see that being a way to like secure your faith too. You know, yeah, exactly. Strengthening your your faith. That that's really interesting. I didn't know they did that. New Mexico is really amazing to me. I mean, I just think about the Catholicism I know versus the Catholicism that I learned when it came out here. Which is full of witches and demons. and There's a definite darker side where yeah. it's very whitewashed, you know, where I come from. Um, you know, it's very played down. And there were some scary moments, but when I think about it, especially in comparison, <laughs> you know, it's it's not that scary, you know, what I came from versus what it is out here. Yeah. I, I, and it works as a kid because I, I was terrified as a kid of, of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> of scary things. Thank you for joining us. See you again in the basement at midnight.